Hello, this is Jana, and I've come to Hampton Court Palace by the River Thames to get into the mood for Halloween. Hampton Court Palace belonged to England's King Henry VIII in the 16th century, and as you may know, he had six wives, two of whom, Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard, were executed just up the river from here at the Tower of London. This is a really beautiful palace packed with history, and I can well imagine a few ghosts. I'm going to be walking around the state apartments with Sheila, who leads the ghost tours at Hampton Court. Sheila's kindly agreed to tell me the spookiest stories of the palace. So, Sheila, thank you very much for agreeing to show me around this wonderful palace. Where do most of the stories come from? Well, most of the stories, Jana, come from our Grace and Favour residents. They were special people that lived here from 1760, who had done some great service for the Crown, and they could live here rent-free for life, and they became known as Grace and Favour residents. Looks like a wonderful place to live, but can it be very scary? There are lots of ghost stories here attributed to Hampton Court Palace, and yes, I can testify to working here in the day, and a lot of strange, unexplained, and frankly scary things do happen. Oh, wonderful! That's exactly what I want to hear. Where will you take us first? Well, I think we should start in the famous Tudor haunted gallery. Wonderful. I'm excited. So we're in the famous gallery. It's quite dark, and there's a famous painting that must be Henry VIII over here. Sheila, what does all this mean? Well, this is one of Henry's famous galleries, where he would basically walk from his private apartments along here, and you see, we've got two doors to either side of the wall. These doors led to Henry VIII and his queen, whoever she was at the time, their private praying rooms, the top of the chapel. And Henry used to say most of his devotions in this private room next to where I'm standing. And he very rarely went down into the body of the chapel, the ground floor. Why was that? He just preferred to be alone. While he said his devotion, so people knew every morning when Henry was at Hampton Court, where he was going to be, and even when he'd broken away from the Catholic Church, he still said his prayers in here every morning. So, how does Catherine Howard fit into this? Ah, good question. Now, Catherine Howard was Henry VIII's fifth wife, and by the time she married the king, the king was about fifty years of age. Catherine was eighteen. She was vivacious. She was pretty. She liked all the things that young people like: music, clothes, dancing.、Mm. And in fact, she made Henry VIII feel young again. But Henry was far from the gorgeous man that you see in that painting just to your right-hand side. Henry had a waist of fifty-one inches. He was grossly fat. Most of his teeth were rotting in his mouth, and courtiers said before you heard him coming along the corridor, "Oh dear, you could smell him." Wow! Why did he let himself go so much? And he was fifty. He was fifty years of age. Well, he'd always been quite healthy, but he had a fall from his horse when he was twenty-five. He couldn't do as much exercise. He had an ulcer on his leg. And all these sort of medical conditions slowed up the king. He ate a lot because he could afford it. Yeah, he partied, 
and that was the price he paid. Mm. Thank you for that. Why is Catherine associated with this gallery? Right, it was 1541 and Henry and Catherine had been married for six months. They were here at Hampton Court to stay over and celebrate Christmas, but what Henry didn't know was this lovely queen of his had a secret past. She'd had two boyfriends before she married the king, and if she'd probably been honest and told the king, he would have still married her, but she kept this a secret. How did they find out? I mean, how did the king find out? Well, he found out later by chance because Catherine was here at Hampton Court, but what Henry didn't know was she'd started a friendship with a gentleman at court, a man called Thomas Culpepper. And they were round about the same age. And at that time, the king was in his apartments, laid up with his ill health a lot of the time. Catherine was young, she wanted fun, and she spent her time with Culpepper, dancing, playing cards, giggling, having fun like young people do. Yes. And soon the inevitable happened, and friendship turned to love. Now Catherine sat down, and she made the biggest mistake of her life. She wrote Culpepper a letter, and in this letter it said how much she loved him and how much she wished she was his wife and how much she regretted marrying the king. He was old, he was smelly, he was no fun. She didn't want to have children with him. In fact, he repulsed her. And this is all in the letter? This was all in the letter. and What's this a big just giveaway, cool. isn't it? What a silly girl she was. And inevitably, the letter was found and taken to the king, who at first denounced it all as a pack of lies. In fact, he left the letter on his desk in his private apartments and did not open it for two days. But when he did, the truth bore upon him and he cried like a baby and he was very angry. Oh, he genuinely loved her, sometimes. He genuinely loved her. Now... He gave orders that Catherine be held under house arrest, which meant yeoman of the guard on her door, so they would watch her every move while investigations to these allegations were going on. Mm. Courtiers came to tell Henry that indeed his wife had had two other boyfriends before she married him. Francis Deerham, who was a cousin of hers, and Henry Mannix, a music teacher. So Culpepper... Francis Deerham and Henry Mannix were hauled off to the famous Tower of London for interrogations. Catherine was held in her rooms. What kind of interrogations? Asking them questions, really not so much interrogations, but torture to extract the truth from them. Did they tell the truth? didn't matter to Henry whether they told the truth or not. These allegations had come to light and they were probably guilty. So, Sheila, how did the story play out in the end? Well, Catherine was young. She did not want to die. She had to have a plan. And the legend has it that while she was under house arrest one morning, she managed to escape the attention of her guards. She tiptoed down this famous gallery, and when she got to this door, just to my left-hand side, it was closed as per normal. Henry was on the other side, saying his morning devotions, and when Catherine got here, she gently knocked on the door. 
and probably said something like, Henry, it's your wife, it's Catherine, please could you come out? I do need to speak to you. Mm. You see, she had to be polite. She was fighting for her life. Henry on the other side heard her please. Do you think he was going to open that door? Well, I always assumed that love would prevail, but what happened? Henry was a broken man. He'd seen that letter and all the detestable things that she'd written about him. And the funny thing was, and the sad thing was, they were all true. But he thought he had finally found the right wife for him. Mm. So Henry resolved to keep the door closed and to keep on praying to God, maybe praying that if he married again, he would find the right one. However, the more that door stayed closed, the more desperate the poor girl became until after a minute or two, she was crying, begging for Henry to come out. He never did. Very unforgiving. Yeoman of the guard saw where she was and they dragged her literally kicking and screaming back to her apartments. She put up a fight she did not want to go. She knew if she didn't see Henry, her fate would be sealed. What a tragedy. Does her ghost come back? Have you seen her ghost? I haven't personally, but many Grace and Favour residents particularly in the Victorian period, of told at the dead of night of hearing the unearthly shrieks and screams of a young right girl running along this gallery. Glimpses of the young queen in ghostly form Ooh, I went cold were seen sudden. regularly up until 1900. When this gallery was painted, it was spruced up, And it was open to our day visitors. Mm. Now, it's often said that ghosts or apparitions do not like change. And although strange things still happen in this gallery, the ghostly form of young Catherine Howard has not been seen since. Shall I tell you the conclusion to the tale? Yes, please, yes. Now, February time, 1542... It was deemed that Catherine Howard, after thorough investigations, was guilty of adultery, having other boyfriends, and treason. And one very bleak morning, she was rowed up to that famous traitor's gate at the Tower of London. And when she got there, a horrific sight met her eyes. Three heads on spikes. Francis Deerham, Henry Mannix, and in the middle her beloved Thomas Culpepper. They'd all been hung, drawn, quartered, and their heads would stay on Traitor's Gate for three years to deter anyone else from crossing swords or doing anything that would upset His Majesty King Henry VIII. Sheila, that was a fascinating and spooky story. Thank you very much. Uh, I've I've become a degree colder actually listening to all of that. (laughs) But no, just standing here. It is a very atmospheric place. It really is. Very, yeah. very atmospheric. The doors have just opened. So we've just walked out of the palace and I'm standing outside with Sheila. Sheila, exactly where are we? What is this spot called? 
This is the famous West Gate. You see the lovely red brick gateway there. This is where visitors to the palace come in every day, and it would have been the entrance that King Henry VIII would have used. Okay. And are we standing outside one of the apartments? Yes, apartment 39, and this is very, very famous for a lot of reasons. Part of it used to belong to a lady called Sybil Penn, who was Henry VIII's son, Prince Edward's nursemaid, and the other half was the Great House of Easement, the Tudor toilet block to everybody. And it was highly sophisticated, very clean and modern for those days. Oh, wonderful, that's what I like. So which ghost is associated with this apartment? Sybil Penn. She's often called the Grey Lady as well, and all will be revealed later. But for now, I'm going to tell you a little story. 1537, the 12th of October. Henry VIII's son and heir, Prince Edward, is born here at Hampton Court. But very, very sadly, ten days later, Jane Seymour, his mother, is dead. And Sybil Penn, who was going to be his nursemaid, now has an even bigger task on her hands. She's going to become like a mother to him as well. Now, long after Henry VIII had died, and the young prince, unfortunately, Sybil Penn was still here. The year was 1562, in the reign of Henry's daughter, Elizabeth I. The whole court were here to experience some of the joys of Hampton Court, but there was an outbreak of smallpox. Smallpox? So what did that mean? Well, smallpox, very much like chickenpox today, but much worse, was a killer in Tudor times, so this was very, very dangerous. Now... Sybil Penn caught it, and so did young Queen Elizabeth. But young Queen Elizabeth, being young, strong and robust, survived. But Sybil Penn, being in her late 70s, an old lady at that time, succumbed to the disease and she died. How many did it spread to? I think quite a few people caught smallpox here, but only Sybil Penn died. Elizabeth I was very, very ill. But she recovered, obviously. She recovered, but her face was left with those horrible pot marks on them. Oh, like the chicken pot, yes. pot marks, yes. And that's why Queen Elizabeth started the fashion for wearing white makeup on her face to oh, try yes. and cover them. Where did the ghost come in? Sybil Penn passed away. She was buried up the road in Hampton, where you can still see her grave today. Now, a stone likeness of her was carved and put on top of her grave, and everything was quiet here on the Western Front until the mid-reign of Queen Victoria, when there was a family called the Ponsonby family who lived in those rooms that were once used by Sybil Penn. Now, the Ponsonby family, with their servants, were enjoying their free accommodation at Hampton Court. One night, there was a terrific storm. Thunder roared and lightning crashed, and the grave of Sybil Penn was struck at St Mary's Church. And they say that the lightning penetrated so deep into the ground that Sybil's bones were all sucked up from her grave and scattered around the churchyard. Yeah, that is horrific. <laughs> 
but there's more. Although the bones of Sybil were reburied and taken inside the church to a crypt, it seems after that time the old lady started to wander. She started to wander. So where did she wander? It's getting spooky now. She wandered back here to Hampton Court to her apartments. Now, the Ponsonby family and their servants started to feel very uneasy and afraid because night after night in the apartments, a whirling sound could be heard. And we know that the whirling sound was probably Sybil Penn's spinning wheel as she used to spin the yarn for young Prince Edward's clothes. Now, that noise continued in these apartments until there were investigations done. And behind a false wall, there was found a perfectly preserved Tudor room complete with spinning wheel. The spinning wheel was taken away, the room was opened up, and the Ponsonby family sighed a sigh of relief. I was just going to say, it's a, the noises stopped after that. They did not. They continued. Sightings of Sybil Penn or the Grey Lady were now seen in the apartment. I, I think I just saw the Grey Lady. I saw something, I did. The Grey Lady was last seen in 2005, so you might have seen her. The Ponsonby servants and the family were feeling pretty shaken by these events, and the Grey Lady continues to be seen to this day. Now, the West Gate there, the entrance to Hampton Court Palace, soldiers in the Victorian period that were billeted here used to stand outside those gates at night and look after the security of the Grace and Favour mm. residents. However, many soldiers abandoned their post and ran off screaming when they saw the ghost of Sybil Penn, the Grey Lady, walk straight through those closed gates. Is that actually possible? For a phantom or a ghost, anything is possible. That's wonderful, thank you. I love that. What could we possibly hear next that would be as spooky as this? We have many, many stories, but I'm going to tell you a story now that uh, all the children who visit the palace seem to love, and it's about two skeletons that were found... Near the newer part of the palace, Fountain Court, that was built between 1689 and 1700. So if you'd like to follow me, we'll make our way there now. Thank you. So we've come to a different part of the palace now, and um, it looks very different. Yes, you're correct. In the courtyard behind us, we've got the newer part of the palace. This newer part was built between 1689 and 1700 for a king and queen called William III and Mary II. They were king and queen of England about 150 years after King Henry died. They came here, the palace belonged to them, but they didn't like Henry's old Tudor buildings. They were ugly. They wanted something modern, like the King of France. So they knocked down one of Henry's courtyards and rebuilt in a new style, a style called Baroque. But because William didn't have money to knock down all of Henry's buildings, as you can see where we are standing, there's a false wall and we're looking straight at some of the Tudor buildings. And in the mid-Victorian period... On the second floor, there was a suite of apartments for a lady called Lady 
Hildeyard. She was in her 70s. She was a widow. Her husband had been a decorated military hero. That's how she got her rent-free accommodation. Now, Lady Hildeyard lived here on her own, but with about five or six servants that looked after her. But Lady Hildeyard had a problem. Every night, with the setting of the sun, her and her servants would hear scratching sounds that seemed to come from the wooden panelling in their old Tudor apartments. As the night wore on, these sounds would gain in intensity until the little apartment was virtually shaking to its very foundations. And then, just as they thought things could get no more scary, two strange men would appear. They were dressed in raggy clothes, and they would speak to each other in mumbling tones. Nobody understood what they were saying. But night after night, these strange things would happen in that apartment. And Lady Hildeyard lost many servants, because they were just too frightened to be here. Now a week or two passed, when Lady Hildeyard was last visited by the two strange men. And there were workmen in this area. If you'd like to follow me, I will tell you what happened next. Mm. So, Sheila, I've noticed that we're standing around a drain cover. Is there a reason for that? Yes, we're back out in Fountain Court. The newer part of the palace is just to the right of us. And you are correct. We're stood around a drain cover, and there is a reason. Now, two weeks after Lady Hildeyard's last letter to the royal household, there were workmen in this area. The purpose of being here was to take up this drain cover, some of the surrounding tiles, and to lay new drainage pipes. They'd only dug about two feet down, and the workmen could not believe their eyes. They downed tools, scratched their heads, and called for their manager, because they'd come across two perfectly preserved human skeletons. Oh, wow. And we're standing above them right now. What happened? The skeletons were taken away. They were analysed, and don't forget this was the Victorian period, so today we'd know a lot more. But it seems they'd been in their current position or location about 150 to 200 years at the most. The two skeletons that were identified as males were taken away and they were given a Christian burial. And surprise, surprise, Lady Hildyard complained no more. Ooh. No, it's nice to know ghosts can rest. Peace at last. How did the skeletons get there? We don't have a concrete answer, but we do have a suggested theory here at Hampton Court. Standing in the newer courtyard, and we do know from our records that this lovely Baroque part of the palace was built by Sir Christopher Wren between 1689 and 1700 for King William and Queen Mary. But King William was a little bit short of the cash and wanted the building to be built as quick as possible, but he didn't want to spend much money. So what happened? Substandard bricks and mortar, not very good materials were used, and when the South Range, just over there to your right, was complete, 
It promptly came tumbling down, injuring 11 men and killing two. Ah, those were the two men. We know that the master carpenter was given quite a bit of money to make sure the two men who died were given a Christian burial. I put it to you, Jana. What if the master carpenter pocketed that money, came down here at the dead of night, a palace just being built, there were gaping holes everywhere where we are standing, Mm. threw the bodies down a big hole, covered them in quicklime, which makes the flesh decompose or disappear really quickly, but it preserves the bones. Then, maybe a day or two later, big stones, the ones we're standing on now, were put down over those bodies. And that's where those two workmen who died stayed until they decided to visit Lady Hildyard. It's an amazing story. Wow. Sheila, thank you so much for those very spooky stories. You got me spooked out upstairs as well. Have you ever seen a ghost yourself? It's very difficult to say because people that I know who have seen ghosts, especially in the daytime, say they are as real as you or me. It's only when you go back and think about it that you rationalise to yourself and think that couldn't have been anything or anyone else but a ghost. But yes, I think I have. Where would that have been? I was employed to run an exhibition up in Fountain Court. Can you see the small little windows? Yes. It was called Servants, Soldiers and Suffragettes, and it was about our grace and favour history. We only had about four rooms. All those rooms that the exhibition were in were closed off from the public, so you could look in those four rooms. You couldn't venture anywhere else. And, of course, Hampton Court has over 1,300 rooms, so plenty of rooms to explore if they were open, but they were not. Now, the entrance and the exit were the same, and I'd close the exhibition about 4.30 every afternoon. I was doing some cleaning, cleaning the desks, when out of the corner of my eye I saw a lady in a long black dress with long black hair enter the exhibition. As real as we look now. Absolutely as real as you, Jana. Now, I thought out the corner of my eye she could have been one of these goths, these people who like to wear black, etc. And I did sort of call out to her and say, you've got about ten minutes to have a look, madam, before the exhibition closes. However... Ten minutes came and went. She did not pass me. There were no doors that she could have opened. There was nowhere else she could go. She had to pass me to leave. I looked everywhere through the exhibition, and I never found her. Oh, she just disappeared? And she didn't say anything to you? She would have had to have passed me to leave. She never did. After I closed the front door and had a look everywhere to see if she was still in the exhibition... There was absolutely nobody there. Amazing. Did it spook you out? Not at the time. On reflection today, yes. But at the time, I just thought she was a member of the public. That's how I'm saying that ghosts can appear very, very real. Amazing. Sheila, thank you so much for telling us some of the spookiest stories we've actually ever heard on Story Nori. And can we all wish you a very happy Halloween? The same to all of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that was me, Jana, at Hampton Court, learning about the fascinating ghosts and history of the palace. I will definitely be visiting again, because there is so much more to learn about Henry VIII and his six wives. 
not to mention other kings and queens such as William and Mary, who built parts of the palace. It's packed with atmosphere, treasures, and fascinating nooks and crannies, and the gardens in Parkland are absolutely stunning. If you do get a chance to visit Hampton Court, which I highly recommend, try not to get too lost in the famous maze. In the meantime, and this is aimed at our older listeners, if you want to be spooked out even more, you can search on YouTube for *The Skeletor of Hampton Court*, a film taken by a security camera at the palace, which shows a mysterious, ghostly figure. Bertie saw it, and unfortunately, all his hair fell out, so he's currently at the barber's being fitted for a wig. I haven't seen it yet, but a warning. If you die of fright, don't write in and complain to me. And once again, thank you very much to Sheila, who is a state apartment warder at Hampton Court Palace, and a brilliant storyteller. For now, from me, Jana, at StoryNori.com, Happy Halloween. Take it now. It's time to run.